be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so you have access to new content as soon as it comes out. And don't forget to share it so you can be a part of that ripple effect of Go Be Love. And if you're someone who's struggling with the Go Be Love concept, if you're someone sitting at home hurting, think you'd benefit from some coaching, or if you're an organization that's just looking to add chaplains into your workforce, go to gobeloveinc.com and schedule a free 15-minute session with me now. so much for coming back to the Gobi Love podcast, another fun week. So far, we've talked with just so many different types of people, different types of struggle and service, and um, from every aspect, we've got, you know, tattoo artists and ex-prisoners and, and police officers. So this week, I'm really excited to uh, introduce our guests, not only because they signed my paycheck, but because they're just two awesome men who have really uh, led the business world kind of through this last um dark season we've been in. So uh, Darren Day and Marcus, thank you so much for being here. It's good. Good to be here. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity. And you guys are the owners of Workforce Chaplains. So during the pandemic, during this last season that we've been in when people were furloughed and, and these um, all employees really were feeling some burden, what did what does a chaplain do and what did Workforce Chaplain do kind of during that time? That's a good question. The one thing that I think we all came to understand during this season is it's not good to be alone. You know, there's the idea that two's better than one. Uh, the Bible actually has a verse that goes on to say that a threefold cord is not easily broken. So people need support. People need emotional support, need spiritual support. And um, what we've seen during this time is uh, people have struggled with so many things, whether it's financial things, job-related things personal issues, kids home from school, and a lot of people just need a listening ear. They need someone to come alongside them and provide the support that they need, and, and that's really what a, a chaplain does. It comes alongside a person and in their time of need and, and, and does what they can to, to help. And so the, it's obviously been a struggle for all of us and companies and just individuals. Darren, what, what are some of the things, like when you're out in the field, when you're working with these employees who have been struggling over the last year, what, what's some of the, the motivation, what's some of the love that you're sharing with them that, that's helped them to get through this, this time? Thank you. So as a chaplain, you are somebody who is ready to love, serve, and care for that individual the beauty of the chaplain relationship is you're starting at that basis. And then once you've established that understanding to the person, because sometimes people are like, what in the world is a chaplain? Are you supposed to come up to me with a special uniform? Am I about to die? I mean, <laughs> that people are used to chaplains as the person that sees them at the hospital when the situation is dire or maybe in the military context. That might even be more similar to what we do, but we're out in the workplace we're an optional service for employees to love, serve, and care them through life. Mm -hmm. So our, our chaplain team, they just look like however the employees look and dressed and, you know, meet them where they're at. And it's with that basis, love, serve, and care them. So, so each relationship ends up looking different. I had a chaplain just text me. I was looking at this on my phone yesterday. She said, based on a conversation that we have, it's all about relationships. That's what Jesus did, listening and loving and caring, getting to know people. That's why I love going to, and she mentioned the place that she serves, because those people have so much to say, but they just need people to listen. Um, her heart there kind of explains the heart of a chaplain 
we do a lot of listening. Mm -hmm. Josh, we do a lot of listening. Mark, as you like to share a story sometimes when we're explaining the value to business leaders about what we do and how the impact's made, because what does that look like? And and it's a lot of listening. And so, you know, time and time with people is the most valuable commodity we are providing for people. But uh, because a lot of times we'll sit down and we'll do a lot of listening. And then at the end, we feel like as a chapel, we haven't done a whole lot, our, our team, it feels like it. Mm-hmm. But the person says, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Thank you for helping me through that. In some ways, we've been a sounding board for wisdom. They probably have. They just needed to speak it, and they needed to intentionally address an issue. Yeah. So Actually, I love the way that you did that. I asked what was the, the thing that you say to people to give them comfort, right? Yeah. And your your response was, I just listened. So I think that's yeah. a beautiful message that, that everyone out there can take. Um, sometimes we don't have the right thing to say, right? And no matter what we said, it would really, wouldn't do much. So um, just having that listening ear. And that's a, a part of it I wanted to talk about is kind of what a chaplain looks like, right? Yeah. And one of the benefits when, when I'm out is that confidentiality, right? So mm. like you were talking about, people just need someone to talk to. And a chaplain kind of provides that so that your employees can go talk to somebody confidentially, right? Like I know when I was struggling with, with alcohol, right? I wasn't going to go to my boss and say, hey, I think I'm struggling with alcohol. Mm. There wasn't a whole lot of other men in my life that I was going to go to and say, hey, I'm struggling with alcohol. But, but to have a chaplain though that's confidential, like, that's going to keep mm. that, and that might have some some additional resources to, to point you in the right direction, right? So that's kind of a little bit one of the things that, that we do as chaplains. Yeah, exactly. We try to look into the community and say, hey, Company X, what resources are around and, and are people that they would know those uh, as a way to sort of uh, a win-win for that community, the resources there and that that employee, uh, that chaplain can be a an avenue to those resources. It's it, it's wild in, in, in the world we fall in, which is really an employee care benefits, wellness benefits. Um, some of the more traditional methods, uh, the utilization, you know, we'll hear that our chaplains are actually building that. So, um, you know, even today had a, a chaplain team member uh, who was looking and we, and we helped them provide resources as an employee reached out. Uh, they had something that really would fall into more of a place where they need some more long-term, you know, counsel. And so, hey, we can refer out to that. So, so we try to know what we are and what we aren't and be one piece of a company loving their employee, providing them wellness benefits that really helps them, you know, be, be the best employee. But also, again, you're at that uh, loving piece that sometimes is missed, but you know, I believe, and we hear it over and over again in the meetings, whether it's with HR directors or ownership, there's a lot of love. I know your go be love. There's a lot of love from owners to their employees. Uh, sometimes we're just not sure of how to extend that. For and sure. So, so yeah. we're, we're one way. Yeah, I actually, I, yeah, I heard um, an example. I'm going to use my wife. She was, she was struggling one time, went into work, told her boss, I'm struggling, right? Um, with a with a personal thing that was going on in our lives, and he he looked at her and he said, "I really wish that we had a female manager here because I can tell that you need a hug, and mm-hmm. I can't hug you, right?" So like what you were talking, so he had so much love for her, but there was mm-hmm. because of all of these things that exist in the workforce, there was like a, a limit to mm-hmm. to the way he could express that love. So um so chaplains just fill that in, right? 
Yeah, exactly. One one thing I wanted to add, we've had multiple CEOs and presidents of companies say specifically to us this. I love my employees. I want to listen to them. I have life experience. I could help them. But the problem is I don't have the time. I mean, I'm trying to make this business successful so we can pay people, so they can get their paychecks and they can, you know, mm-hmm. you know, pay their bills. And so even though I do care for them, and even though I probably have some wisdom to help them, I need your chaplain team to come alongside and spend that time necessary because it's life on life. It takes time. And in this hustle and bustle, busy world we live in, I think it's refreshing for employees to know here's a person, here's a chaplain that has time for me, that cares for me. You know, a famous person once said, um, a person doesn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Hmm. And the best way for someone to know how much you care is for you to spend time with them. You're looking at them. You're listening to them. You're not looking on your cell phone. You're not, you know, distracted. You're giving them the time they deserve. And I believe all humans made in God's image deserve us to care for them. Let's talk a little bit about just things that we, you know, as as chaplains like you guys are, let's use a little bit of your experience for the people out there listening who might Mm -hmm. be hurting or still recovering from this year that we've had. I know... Um, from you know church history, we've seen that Christianity kind of booms anytime there are dark days or pandemics like this, and and definitely go be love. This entire thing that we're doing right now started because of of the pandemic, right? It was my reaction to mm-hmm. the pandemic. So, um, what are what what's your favorite verse when Marcus? When times are dark, when times are tough, when you're just like ah, I don't know what's going on and I need some guidance. What's what's that thing that you turn to? I'll give you a verse that I turn to and that I share with people all the time. It's like this particular passage is in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I, 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 if you could see me now, I'm kind of smirking a little bit because this, this verse is so versatile. But I use it for myself and advice to others. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. This last year has brought so many challenges of varied kinds to all of us. It's so great to have scripture that actually is just telling us what to do. And it's, it's, it's really let go and let God it's trust God. He will work it out. Now, in the meantime, there's, you got to follow up with that, which with things like he does want obedience and he wants you to love others. He wants you to forgive others. But in that, um, paradigm of forgiving, loving, serving, God will, take care of where we are in our needs. And so Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six are some go-to verses for me. That's awesome. And Darren, when, what, what's your go-to, what's your turn to verse? Yeah. So I'm, I'm wrestling between two and you may end up getting both and then, and then you can cut out of the, the one you don't like as much. So whatever, Josh, whatever Bible verse you don't like, just cut that one out. Okay. No pressure. So so you're going to hear two (laughs) verses now. (laughs) The one is just, and we've, I think, just found ourselves reminding people that they're loved by God. Like, literally, you're loved by God. We are putting people in front of other people. They look them in the eye. By the way, that's an interesting thing I hadn't thought about as a, you know, God works things for good. We believe that. But one thing is, you know, these masks that we wear to help, you know, keep each other safe, they limit us, annoy us, 
The one thing I've noticed they do is they cause us to look each other in the eye more. Like there's nowhere else to look. For sure. Yeah. And so I've noticed that, you know, maybe we're becoming better communicators because of it. We're also having to talk louder, right? Yeah. But <laughs> scream sometimes. So <laughs> and and where I'm going with that is when you look someone in the eye and you tell them God loves you, that's a powerful thing. And so I mean I know our heart would be, hey, if we could look at everybody listening and say right now, hey, God loves you. Sometimes just hearing that is so powerful for people because, you know, nothing can separate us from that. And that's the verse I'm going to in Romans chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 35. It's really talking about some awful times, and the message is God loves you, and you can't be separated from that. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, not the pandemic, not isolation, nothing can separate us from God's love. So that's a powerful reminder at whatever is before us. And the second one is a real more practical one in my mind, and that's in Philippians 4. Paul is writing to a church, and no doubt, anxiety. The Bible says a lot about anxiety and worry because God knows that's common to us in this life. And so he's talking about rejoicing in the Lord, and then he, he tells them to turn everything over in prayer to God. That's going to happen in Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Turn things over to God in prayer. We know that. Or, we, we can be encouraged to turn things over to God in prayer. But then it goes on in verse 8 and says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think that connects to those previous verses. For so sure. methodologically, for me, when I have anxious times when I'm worried, it's step one, I'm going to bring this before God. So many times in life, I try every avenue to fix a problem, and then it's like, wait, I need to stop and pray. I should have started there. Mm -hmm. But then my next step is to turn my thoughts then to what is true and right and praiseworthy. And that's not just some fanciful, mystical, think happy thoughts. Like, when you start to think about where your fears and worries and discouragement comes from, we know the scriptures describe Satan as a father of lies, and they're oftentimes rooted in lies. They're just not true. Time and again, we'll be in front of somebody, and they are crippled by fear or discouragement, and when you ask them about it and you really start to unveil they're lies, and they're lies that they have believed, and they need to get to the truth and think on things that are true. Like one of those lies might be, I'm not loved. God doesn't love me. My spouse doesn't love me. My kid doesn't love me. In many cases, 
those are just lies, and we need to think on what's true. So those are your two verses um, that really, for me, I find myself using time and time again with myself and, and with others. And with others. That's awesome. Those are great. So I love just everything. I mean, it really amplifies kind of like folk, the go be love, right? That it's not only just the action of being loved, but it's that focusing on love. It's finding love. It's, it's all of those things so that if we start with love, right, then the rest of our interaction is going to be usually fruitful and good and, and righteous. So I love that. I love that scripture. So what I want to talk about is actual some practical and and I don't know the be- best way to word this, but a lot of people, right, we can read scripture and we can hear it. We can pray together and I can encourage you. But but there's also s- actions, right, that we have to take from hearing the scripture that you shared, Marcus, and then the action, right? How do you do that? How do you coach people to do that? And if someone's just paralyzed right now, they're scared or whatever's going on in their life and they heard your scripture and, and they, they were touched by that, right? Wh- what what do they do now? How do they take action? That's a good question. Um, one one thing that I think relates to this is um, one of the worst things for people to do when they're going through a stressful situation or a struggle is to be isolated or to stay isolated. Um, we need other people in our lives. We need to have accountability. We need to have friendship. And so you're talking to a person and you're sharing with them scripture. One of the follow-ups I like to ask is, do you have anybody in your life that you can you know, pray with anybody in your life you can uh, talk to about these things. Hey, by the way, would you like to meet once a week for coffee? You know, we can connect each week. Um, Do you have a church home? But people need to get from outside of themselves. When we stay isolated, it's so easy to stay in that world where they have struggles. So trying to connect people with other people, with the church, but also that's where we, we love our, our, uh, offering to companies, our chaplains don't want to just come in one day, say hi, and leave. We want to live life with people. We want to be their friend. I was um, looking at a study not too long ago, and they interviewed, I don't know how many thousands of Americans, and to find out how many close friends the average American has. And they defined a close friend like not a family member and, and not a coworker, but they gave you know certain criteria. And when they did this study, it was like, it came down to the average American has like 0.5 of a close friend. The end, end result was that means for every person that has two, there's people that have zero. Yeah. And if you think about that, not having a person to confide in, to share with. And so besides us sharing scripture or sharing, you know, counseling um, uh, solutions, it's going to be trying to connect them with people. And again, where we come in, we can even be part of that solution. We can be the people on a regular basis to meet with them. But the local church, a community group, um, some other type of group where they can have community. Yeah, that's beautiful and important. I mean, uh, in my experience with mental illness and addiction, the darkest times were the times where I just went in, right, stayed by myself. It wasn't really until I started to interact with people, started to serve, that I could get out of that headspace. So that's awesome. Uh, my favorite verse is Galatians 5.14. The entire law will be fulfilled if we uh, follow this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. It's also the motivating factor for go be love, right? And that I love that scripture because it tells us that if no, whatever's going on in our life, if we just go out and help other people, that it'll, that'll kind of fix itself, right? God's going to take care of us. Our job is to take care of his people, right? Our brothers and sisters. So um, I love it. If you add those three scriptures together, I think you've got a really beautiful message there. So 
Awesome. And Darren, I, what, what are some actions that people can take to similar to like what Marcus was saying? It's, it's awesome to hear scripture. It's awesome to be prayed for, but there has to be something that you do right. Mm -hmm. And a a motivation to move forward or take the step. So, yeah. Yeah. So I would say on one source talking about the importance of thinking on what's true, well, put yourself um, with people that are going to tell you the truth and then, you know, share your story. So, uh, you know, we find that, so we serve a variety of companies from electrical companies to chaplains at a, a printing press to a car dealership to uh, senior care communities. And and each of them had their own experience through the pandemic. But what we've found is by intentionally creating a space, and that's when that chaplain, you know, says, hey, how you doing? Uh, how, how have you been? Or how have you worked through the the pandemic and letting people share their story? That's a beautiful thing. And I think it's really helpful, therapeutic, if you will, for the person. Oftentimes you can, you know, gain truth for that from that. And, and it, and it it will illuminate maybe fears that are built in lies that um, someone can encourage you. So I know it's takes courage sometimes, but but find somebody, if you have somebody, I mean, we, we try to be that person mm-hmm. for people uh, to take the risk to share your story, summon the courage to test that out and, and have people speak truth in your life. Um, so, yeah, so, so share your story. Share your heart. And that could even be with your spouse or your, your kids. Mm-hmm. And invite that um, from, from your children. I'm a parent. I have three kids. Um, I was talking to a parent <clears throat> just the other day, and one of the things that we kind of were realizing is uh, the impact of the pandemic on some of the young people. In fact, we one of the places we serve is a school uh, for teachers and staff, and this guy at the school was saying, historically, pandemics, that's a huge impact is, um, on the young people. And we kind of think, oh, they just brush it off their shoulders, and they don't... But there's an, and so, so invite that conversation, but so, yeah, so, so like Mark was saying, Marcus was saying, isolation isn't good. Reach out to somebody, share your story and that, that would be. And focus good. on what's good. Focus yeah. On the truth. On the truth. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit more, go back to the beginning where we were talking about workforce chaplains and what chaplains do. So we've, we've talked a little bit about where we show up, right? You show up to the company and you're there for the employees, but it goes beyond that, right? So outside of just uh, showing up on a regular basis and, and letting the employees know that you're available to them, what else does workforce chaplains do? What are the, some, some of the other things that, that you offer that you actually do through your day? All right. That's a good question. Well, it's manifold, a lot of things. Um, we'll make hospital visits on behalf of the company. There's an employee, someone's sick, having a surgery in a car wreck. We'll go on behalf of the company and uh, represent the company, but be there for them. Uh, we'll go to funerals. Uh, we had a company we serve up in Fort Wayne, sadly, an executive director there had a son that died suddenly. He was 19 years old in a car wreck and just tragedy. On behalf of that company, we'll have a chaplain go there and pray for the family, be there for the family, hand out cards, say, hey, we're here. If you need someone to talk to, we're available. We'll meet people for coffee, breakfast, lunch. And we're not just there for the employees of a company. One unique thing about our uh, chaplain agency is we're there for the immediate family. So we, uh, my wife, Jennifer, she's a chaplain on our team, and we serve a company and executive administrative assistant 
was sharing with me that there was a 16-year-old daughter having some issues. Anyway, um, came come to find out my wife and I have three teenage daughters. The lady, when she heard that, her eyes kind of rise. You know, oh, maybe your wife can talk to my daughter, you know. And as we've all learned sometimes with kids, sometimes they do listen to other people. Uh, everybody us. but you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we've experienced that ourselves. And so so my wife was able to talk to a, a, a teenage daughter of an employee of a company. And so we are just there to serve. I mean, as Darren mentioned earlier, to love and, and to serve and to show care. So that looks like so many different things. Whatever is needed, we do. I probably missed a few things, Darren. What yeah. else can you add to that? <laughs> yeah, so sometimes that looks like grabbing a cup of coffee with an employee and outside of work so there can be a little more freedom in that conversation. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's in a crisis scenario uh, in the back pocket of a company as a way to respond when there's a crisis on site. Uh, connecting them, like you mentioned before, to community resources and sometimes there's even workshops uh, we have a couple of chaplains recently that did some workshops on grief on conflict resolution mm-hmm. and so uh, we have a principle of finding you know where we can make an impact where we can love care and serve and then saying yes so so yeah it looks like a variety of things and so that's kind of the the genuineness of um, and the beauty of it kind of what that chaplain was texting and kind of her experience of, you know, I kind of love this, that um, it's just me, a person who loves somebody else, intentionally making time to to love them. And uh, there's some, you know, really beautiful things that come from that. So it's amazing. Just it it is really cool. This is the first interview I've done where I actually know what you guys are talking right. So most people who come, they're doing something I know nothing about and I'm interviewing them genuinely, figuring mm-hmm. it out as the audience is. Um, but I'm I'm one of your workforce chaplains, right? So I'm asking some of these questions, knowing the answer to it and um and so just so everybody knows that you guys left off the twenty four hour hotline, which I think is really important because for right. every company that you right. go into, right, they get a little QR code, a little pamphlet that introduces them to the chaplains. And then they, get, they have a QR code. They can sign up for monthly mm-hmm. conversations with the chaplain. And it gives us an opportunity to talk to them outside of work, which is sometimes a lot easier than doing it right in the middle of a work day. And right. I love that about this company, that the, that not only are you, we going in and saying hi to them, but then we're leaving them with this thing that's like anytime mm-hmm. you can just scan this. And, it'll, and it'll, you, know, you know, that's really cool. So the, the month, did you, Marcus, did you mention the monthly encouragement? I don't. Think I so. didn't mention that either. Okay, so one hmm. the cool thing is, oh, uh, an empl- any employee can sign up for a monthly reach out. So uh, sometimes people, you know, depending on personalities, um, shy personalities, whatever it might be, it's like, well, I, you know, I'm having a bad day, but I don't want to bother that cha- chaplain. So hey, put the ball in the chaplain's court, and they sign up, and, and they can choose a preference: text, email, call, and say, hey, reach out once a month, chaplain Darren, chaplain Marcus. Uh, and so we'll have a chaplain reach out to them once a month, and it's usually by a text message. We find people kind of really like that, especially with busyness of schedules, whatever, and it's just, hey, how you doing? Anything I, I can do for you today? Mm-hmm. And then that, that sometimes leads to phone calls and, and care opportunities, but uh, it seems so small, but how, how awesome would it be? Once a month, somebody who their main goal is to love and care for you reaches out open-ended, what can I do for you? So, so that's a huge benefit uh, that that we like to provide. And I love I love that benefit because I believe that it opens the door for more businesses, right? 
Um, one of them, like a mechanic shop is one of the ones I go to. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when I go in there, they're like under the hood, right? Or the car is like on a lift and they're changing something. That's a really inconvenient time to get to get real and to get emotional and to get raw, right? right. Um, so, but what it does is it, get, it gives them an opportunity to see me and then here's this, you know, we can follow up. And so there's just a world, I think, of in the, a very... A, a bunch of different industries that might not have think that we work at, for a chaplain, right? Cause right. Um, even before the pandemic, a lot of it was like offices, you know, um, mm-hmm. elderly homes, places like that. But now with any really industry, right? As long as there's like one or two times a month, we can get in there and say hi in our face. And then we have all this stuff that they can follow up with and do outside. And I find most of my chaplain work is outside of the company. You know, um, one of the cool things like you were talking about, just, listening and how important that is and we as I, I often don't realize like the impact that we're having and I was just there this morning where uh, one of the guys he he's always on the phone when I'm there but he literally just he just put his hand on the phone and he said I just it's just so uplifting when you come in and then he went back to we never talked again today huh. but you know that was it and it was really neat it was like I constantly feel like I'm interrupting him I'm constantly trying to get him you know free time but then it's just I don't, it was just a neat thing you know um, so they it really, they really do kind of become dependent on you. So what, what is one thing that you just want to say, guys, right? We have the audience, so we've got a mix, right? We, we definitely want people to start thinking about chaplains for their workforce because with everything that's happened recently and just everything over the last year, it's really evident that your employees are hurting and that they need someone to love and care and listen to them, right? So we definitely want to get that message across. But to the group of people who listen and are hurting and just need some love and some guidance right now who probably need to sit down with the chaplain what do you what do you have to say to them well one if you go to www people say www like i think that's redundant but i'll say it www.workforcechaplains.com <laughs> uh there's a little thing on the bottom right you can click to chat and you can put you know hey and um we'll have a, a chaplain uh, get get with you and, and just talk to you so that that's open-ended we're happy to do that again you know, I would look you in, in, in the hypothetical's eyes over this podcast and say, God loves you. And, and, and so that should fill you with hope and encouragement that the one who has created you um, cares for you. And the good news is there are many other people whom he's created that, that love you too. And so let's start uh, intentionally making time to share that with each other and in the, and in the workplace, making space for that because we really spend a lot of our life there. Now <laughs> it's changed a little bit. Now we're going into hybrid and from home and, but I think the pattern will be for us to gravitate to work together in person. And, uh, so I think there'll be plenty of opportunities for that space. And I think it's not always commonplace. It's not always commonplace to have that kind of ability, but, you know, trials and circumstances, uh, have a way of refining us and bringing out sometimes the worst, but sometimes the best in us. And so I think there is a bit of a potential, you know, post pandemic for the resources and, mental health care, employee wellness, to really grow and, and companies um, to begin to lead 
in in that way and yeah. growing it and providing it, providing it. And so, so look for opportunities that um, you can share in love with others in the workplace. So we're happy to be one piece of that. Awesome. So the one thing I um, I've had the privilege over the years to work with a lot of ministries, churches. So if you're in the Indianapolis area, you probably heard of you know Wheeler Mission, Shepherd Community. Um, different ministries, and I've run into a lot of people through a Bible college at work, other other connections where a person's come to the end of themselves. Uh, I think it was Rick Warren who who talked about, or someone said something like this, that every person has a God size hole in their life, okay, that only God can fill. I think that's a good analogy because what happens is. You can get all the money, all the fame, all the success, work your way up the corporate world. But until you, until God becomes a real part of your life, until you realize you need God and that on your own and your own decisions and your own life choices, you're going to fail and you're going to fail big. Um, until a person realizes they need God, specifically Jesus Christ in their life, they're never going to find true success. And so I've, not only do I believe that from an intellectual and a, a study of the Word of God um, perspective, I've experienced it with so many people who they get to the end of themselves, and what do they need to hear? And, and sometimes as chaplains, we interact with these people. We meet them where they are. What they need to hear from us is this very, it's kind of cheesy. I've seen the bumper sticker, and I've laughed about it over the years, and now I actually use this. It is as simple as I would tell someone simply, you need to let go and let God. You need to let go of controlling your life and trying to make it work the way you want to. You've seen it hasn't worked out, and you need to let God take control of your life. Um, that, to me, that's the that's the solution we need to hear, and that's something that I need to hear. I have weeks where I'm trying to do everything in my own strength, and guess what? It blows up in my face. And and so the advice I would give to another person is the same advice I need myself. For sure. And I, I love that because it's important to realize that None of us, right? We're, there's not a point that we're going to reach where like, okay, we're good now and we're just floating through life, right? All of these things are lessons that maybe at one point we hit rock bottom and learned them really hard, but we consistently have to remind ourselves of this because it is our nature to, to go to ourself, right? It's our nature to rely on ourselves. I mean, when I'm frustrated, it's pretty easy for me to backtrack how I got here and I can pretty much identify the moment that I started into the situation and that God exited right where I pushed him out and put myself in and that's pretty much right where the trajectory changes of the day or the whatever it is right it's all about that so I love that one thing that we forgot to talk about is the that I love about workforce that's different is is the type of chaplains that we have Darren you hit on it a little bit because mm -hmm. we just kind of look like the people that we're serving right? right but what's neat is that for every company we we make sure that our chaplains literally match that right so it's not just Marcus going into, um, you know, you've got a company, you've got 100 people in there. They're men, women, they're all different races, right? They're all different backgrounds. So it's not just Marcus as the chaplain, right? And how, how do we kind of address that to make sure that every employee gets a chaplain that they feel comfortable talking to? Yeah, we love having a diverse team of chaplains. It makes us stronger as a company and organization um, that, that grows us and our perspective of how to best love, serve, and care the workplace. And, and so, yeah, we reflect that, uh, we provide as a standard, if you will, each company is going to have a diverse team 
and uh, a bilingual option um, for those who, you know, Spanish is their first language or, or what they prefer, and that's an option you can choose for the monthly encouragement. And so, yeah, we try to provide uh, a diverse team and even adapt to particular companies. So there's um, Marcus just uh, dropped the, not the bomb, but uh, dropped uh, the the need today that uh, oh. as a company that uh, a large portion of their work workforce is Burmese. Um, and so in order to best serve them, that connectivity, uh, we're going to go out and look to recruit and train uh, and find quality chaplains uh, from um, that could, could meet that community's needs. So, so yeah, we always try to, to be and, and are, are really thrilled to have a diverse team like that. Awesome. And, and then, you can go out on the website and look through. Yeah. So uh, meet the team under under our page and kind of see uh, that background. As a non-denominational to um, service, you know, again, we're really meeting people where they're at and excited to do that. Yeah. And that kind of rolls me into my next question for you, Marcus. Like uh, when pre who I am today, right, when I, if I heard that my company was bringing in a chaplain, I would think instantly they're about to shove Jesus down, right? Like, my company is bringing someone in to shove Jesus down my throat. And I get that a lot when I talk about that I'm a chaplain. So um, is that what we do? Is that how it works? Or, or what's your, what's your, how do you, how do you do it? Yeah, that's definitely not what we do. One thing we tell with uh, companies we're serving or companies interested in us that we're optional. So as we start with a company, we're not going to go, we're, we don't go into it with an evangelistic, like proselytizing mindset. Like we're going to go to every cubicle, every door, every person. Hey, I'm Chaplain Marcus. Here's my card. Give me a call. Or are you right with Jesus or come to this church? We're not promoting people to go to a particular church. We're, we're there to be the hands and feet of Christ. And we'll tell them we're available. Caregivers need care. A lot of companies we serve. They are caregivers, and we'll let them know that care, caregivers need care. But the key is we're optional. So they reach out to us. I mean, we're going to smile. We'll be friendly. We might hand out a business card, but we're waiting for people to initiate that. And so if you're an atheist, an agnostic, you're not religious, maybe you just aren't interested, that's fine. You're not going to feel um, awkward or feel anything forced on you, but we're available. So we're available, but we're optional, yeah. and and that's how we – we say that on the front end, and that's what we uh, practice on the back end. Yeah, that's very awesome. So I love it. I'm just so glad that you guys were able to make it today and that you had the foresight and just the ambition to put this organization together and then allowed me to be a part of it. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. And one thing, um, so we are a registered nonprofit in the state of Indiana. So um, we have a board and an advisory council um, that's out on the website that that we've put around us so that we have the most wisdom possible, but that does enable us a variety of avenues to serve. So we serve about right now we're about half and half. So in terms of businesses that are paying for us out of their budget for employee benefits or other areas and donors that support what we do so that we can serve uh, companies um, that that may not have that in their budget, may you know small businesses or nonprofits, and so so yeah that that makes us flexible, and um, we're and available. We're, I mean that's part of the yeah. reason why we're able to 
like work with the 16 year old kid and, and go to the funerals and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, that's awesome. So yeah, you can find out all of the information to really good website at workforcechaplains.com. Yeah. Um, so check that out. All of, all of the information's there. You've got the, you can actually reach a chaplain on the website now. And then, um, just to all of you out there know that, God loves you. You are not alone. No matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, no matter what you're feeling in your heart right now, that is a lie, a lie from Satan. And the truth is that God loves you and Darren loves you and Marcus loves you and I love you. So know that we are here for you. You might feel like you're alone, but we're here and we want to pick you up and carry you until you can walk for yourself. Um, so go to Workforce Chaplains. If you want to talk to a chaplain, go to gobeloveinc.com. There's a hotline there that you can call me and get a hold of me directly. If you're just in a moment of just weakness and sadness, you can call and reach out. Know that I love you, I see you, and I hear you. Go be loved. <laughs>